Welcome to Vegas Inc. Radio. I'm Dellen Goldberg, host of the show and business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Over the next half hour, we'll be discussing Nevada's shopping habits and their wallets that are not handling it so well, as long as well as uh, MGM's new Park Plaza that's planned for strip front property near New York, New York, and a Golden Palm, which is getting a facelift. It was supposed to be a mega resort casino, and now the developer is downsizing into a bar and restaurant. But joining us first is reporter Eli Siegel, who's here to talk about a recent Vegas Inc. cover story he had about healthcare and the fact that retail healthcare is on the boom, um, I think nationally, but definitely here in Las Vegas. So welcome, Eli. Hi, Dylan. Um, so you had a great story for Vegas Inc., our last issue. Um, essentially, we all know if you need something fixed, you can go to the doctor or the hospital, but now apparently more and more frequently you can go to a place like Walmart or Walgreens or even your strip mall. That's absolutely right. There has been a major boom over the last uh, four or five years of retail health clinics. And that, like you said, it's in big box stores like Walmart, everything from Walmart and Target, CVS, Walgreens. Those those are the main four. And all those they all have uh, clinics here in Vegas, except for Target. Target doesn't have any, but CVS, Walgreens, and Walmart all have health clinics uh, in some of their st- in some of their stores here in Vegas. And then, in addition to those, you have urgent care clinics, which provide a little bit higher level, not higher level of care, but they treat more severe uh, injuries and, and illnesses and conditions and whatnot. And those are in just your average strip mall, and you can find them next to the grocery store or next to your next to your local bank branch. And it seems like they're everywhere. Just living in Vegas, you can't. Apparently, it seems, drive a couple blocks without seeing one of these urgent care facilities. And just so we're clear, and I want all our readers or listeners both to be clear, that urgent care is not the same as an ER if you are having a heart attack or, you know, God forbid, have some severe calamity Go to the ER, not yeah. the urgent care. Yeah, and they'll they'll send they regularly send people to the ER if you come in with chest pains. And as one doctor told me, they have a very low limit of uh, tolerance for for what they uh, for when they call an ambulance. I mean, they 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 are very conservative with that. They they take no risks. And so if you come in with chest pain and, and whatnot, or if you've been in a car accident, they are almost guaranteed to, to call an ambulance and get and get you to a to a hospital ER. But but yeah, it's true. And these these have been spreading for a number of years now and they're expanding too. I mean it, it is really a booming business. And there are um I, you know I didn't get an exact tally on the number of clinics that are around here. No, I don't think anyone really knows, but it's true. I mean, you can drive up and down any major artery in Vegas, uh, and no pun intended, and you can pretty much find a walk-in health clinic inside of a far inside of a chain pharmacy or in a strip mall. And like in the pharmacies, that's essentially, I know they have flu shots. What else can I go there for? Yeah. If you go into a CVS or a Walgreens, if you go into their health clinic, they're treating very minor things, cough and cold, sore throat, uh, the flu, you can get vaccinations, uh, you know, uh, you might be able to get a physical in some of them. I mean, they don't even have full-fledged doctors on staff. They have physician, they have physician assistants and nurse practitioners. So licensed medical professionals, they can give you shots. They can write prescriptions for you. I mean, it's, it's a serious, legitimate medical clinic. Uh, urgent care, 
they have full-fledged physicians on staff, doctors, uh, not surgeons as far as I know. They don't, they don't have the equipment. They don't have the facilities to do surgery there, but they do have MDs and DOs, doctor of osteopathy, and who can treat broken bones. Uh, if you split your chin and you need 20 stitches, they can stitch you up and get you, get you on your way. Uh, they can cast you if you have a broken wrist. I mean, they, they can do all kinds of things. Uh, and, and again, they treat much more severe conditions than a typical walk-in uh, retail clinic in a CVS. But they also treat if I've got the sniffles and... Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, they, they do all that, yeah. And they, they tend to be bigger. These urgent care centers tend to have more doctors on staff, more nurses. The The actual office and clinic is larger. Uh, it's just a, a bigger operation that they have. And uh, But yeah, you can you can pretty much go there for all minor things too. And you mentioned that all in the urgent cares, all the staff or, you know, the, the primary staff are doctors and um, DOs, but to own one, I could go buy one. You don't need to be a medical professional. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, that and that was for, that. it is interesting and it, it's it's very different and that is for Doctors Express and that's a, uh, a franchise, which I didn't even know existed until I started working on this story, is that there is actually a national franchise of medical clinics out there. There are urgent care centers that, and you're absolutely right, you don't need any medical background at all to own one. And it's just not required. And you hire a lead physician. I mean, again, you walk into these places, you walk into a Doctors Express, and there's only one right now in all of Nevada, and it happens to be in Henderson and you know, over on Green Valley Parkway. And you walk in, it looks like any other medical clinic. They've got, uh, you know, they've got a lead physician. They can write prescriptions. They can they can treat all you know fractures, lacerations, all that stuff. But to own it again, you you don't need a medical background to uh, to be a franchisee, which I just thought was so fascinating. I've never heard of anything like that. And but these guys have been around actually since about. Uh, well, this this location in Henderson opened last summer, but the company Doctors Express has been around for about seven or eight years, and there are dozens of of locations nationwide. It's just I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, and well, I guess they see it as a business venture. I mean, if you're going to open a McDonald's or a a medical center, it's still a business plan. Oh yeah. And it's just like any other franchise. I mean, they give you a playbook to follow to the T, and as long as you follow what they do, you have a pretty good shot at being successful. Wow. Now, why the success and proliferation of these? Why do we have so many and are getting more? Yeah, and it's the main reason here, just like anywhere else around the country, which is why, as you said, these are spreading all, all over the, the United States, is there is a very deep shortage of primary care doctors. Uh, your typical pediatrician, uh, family care doctor, fa- you know, family medicine specialist, or not specialist, but a family medicine physician, and uh, internist. Those, those are the three main categories of, of primary care, you know, the kind of the first step you go to, the generalist. And they are just in, uh, there aren't nearly enough nationwide. I think the nationally, I, I couldn't get any numbers for Nevada, but nationally the expected shortage by 2020 is like 45,000, uh, the, the number of doctors that are going to be needed uh, by, by that year. And there are a couple main reasons why there is such a shortage right now. And one of them is that they don't make a lot of money. Well, they do. They make, they make a good salary, but they don't make nearly as much as a specialist. I think the, you know, the, the most recent numbers that I got for the story, I think in 2011, they earned $230,000, $240,000, something like that. And a specialist earned almost double that. It was like 80% more. They were up in the high threes uh, for the, for what they made that year. I mean, that's just a significant difference. And that plays a big factor because 
these doctors come out of medical school with enormous amounts of debt. I mean, I think the graduating class last year for medical school students, the the typical debt that they were carrying for education and everything else was like $170,000. And I mean, it takes 30, 40 years to pay that off. And so on top of, so think about, you know, if you want to become a doctor, you've got this massive amount of debt hanging over your head. And if you want to, let's say you want to have your own practice, which is not everyone, you know, it's, I think that's pretty rare for a first year, you know, practicing physician to do, but let's say you did, you've got your office expenses and no matter whether you're in a group or yourself, you still have malpractice insurance that can, that can cost a lot and you just have a lot of expenses. And so there's not a lot of incentive to be uh, a, you know, a relatively low paying primary care doctor when you've got, you know, huge operating costs. Absolutely. And particular to Nevada, although other places as well is, um, our population boomed, and that played right. a role in, in the shortage as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Vegas, as, as anyone here can tell you, just exploded. I think the population almost tripled over the last couple of decades. I mean, it just, I mean, you know, that's well documented. And But one of the side effects was that the population grew so fast that there was just no way that the number of doctors could keep pace. It was just growing just so fast. And that's that's another big reason why Vegas has a shortage. You're absolutely right. And and part of the appeal with these places is you can just walk in, they take appointments, I guess. But um, yeah. I know from personal experience, it can take weeks to get in to see just a regular doc in a traditional office. Absolutely, yeah. And what all these doctors tell, told me is that uh, you know, it can take up to a month, maybe more, to to get an appointment with a primary care doctor because of the shortage right now, and because population here is so big and there's such a high demand, it just takes a long time to get an appointment. And, and like you said, you can walk into one of these retail health clinics, whether it's an urgent care center or a, or a pharmacy clinic, and you can be seen in an hour or two. And so, if you're just going in for a sore throat or if you've got bronchitis or whatever, you know, pretty much anybody can treat that. You don't have to go to your primary care doctor. Um, so that, I think that's, that's part of the appeal. And some people don't even have primary care doctors anymore, right? They just right. use these facilities as their main doctors. Yeah, absolutely. Largely because it, it just takes so long to, to get an appointment elsewhere that some people have just stopped even trying and they just, uh, you know, I, we spoke with one woman, one woman in the story who says that she hasn't even tried to make an appointment with a primary care doctor in two years. She goes to an urgent care center for everything for all her medical needs over in uh, at the corner of, uh, was it Eastern St. Rose? Well, there's a center over there. So it really just um, was just pretty eye-opening. It's incredible. Well, kids out there who are listening, go to med school and uh, come serve in Nevada because <laughs> yeah. we need you. Exactly. Um, a related story you had, it's not exactly these uh, urgent care clinics or the big box store clinics, but uh, hospitals, um, one in particular, one local hospital is advertising their wait times um, online and making a real big push. You can see the billboards pretty much a lot of places you drive around the valley. What's yeah. the story behind that? The, yeah, you've, if anyone's driven around the Beltway or, or on any of the freeways around here, you, you had to have seen these at some point. They've been popping up for the last few years, and it, they're, they're basically advertising ER wait times. And it's for four hospitals in Vegas, uh, Sunrise, Sunrise Children's, uh, Mountain View and Southern Hills. And all those hospitals are owned by the same company, HCA Holdings out of Nashville, which is one of the largest 
hospital chains, uh, for-profit hospital chains in the United States. And they are running, I think right now they've got about 20 billboard ads, some of which are digitals. You know, they've got like a little digital feed in there, a little small screen within the billboard that gives, that's updated every few hours to tell you what your average ER wait time is at that hospital. And then they've got other billboard ads that are, you know, what's known in the industry as static. They don't, it's just a plain, regular, traditional billboard. And, but they're advertising faster ER wait times and so forth. And they advertise online, including we should probably disclose that, including on our website, Vegas Inc. and on the Las Vegas Suns website. So they, they advertise there and, and a number of other places too, and on their own website too. And, uh, it's just part of the whole retail health scene of, of getting people to come to your hospital. There, are, you, you see a lot more, um, you know, public, not in your face, but just, you know, visible to the plain eye marketing than you have before. And HCA has been running billboard ads. They have billboard ads around the country right now. As far as I know, they're the main source of billboard ads nationwide for ER wait times. They started in South Florida some years ago. Uh, I know for certain that they're in the Bay Area and then definitely in here, so... Well, it's interesting. We'll have to see what changes come with the Affordable Care Act and just healthcare changes in general. I, I imagine in five years, the landscape will look really different. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the Affordable Care Act is going to play a huge part, too. Um, you know, going back to the retail health clinics, that's going to boost business for these guys a lot because you're going to have tens of thousands of pe- more people in Nevada getting health insurance starting next year because of their requirement under the law that basically everyone has to have health insurance. And so you're going to see a lot, probably see a lot of people stop going to the ER for everything because at the ER, you know, federal law allows you to get treated for anything for free, basically. And so you'll see a lot of people stop going there and they'll start going to, they'll start wanting to see a regular doctor, but the wait times are so big at the, at primary care doctors that you're probably going to see more and more people going into these retail health clinics. Well, it's good for the franchisees and, uh, the business model, but not so good for the patients if they can't get health care. Although I guess these are good for patients because they're filling a void that we've got here. They, they are filling a void. And, and there, you know, there is concern out there that it's making health care, um, you know, more fragmented, that people are going to, you know, X number of doctors and kind of juggling uh, their physicians. And I, I don't know if there's anything that's proven that shows that, that that's a bad idea but I think there's some concern if you're going to, you know, 10 different doctors for 10 different things and there's no kind of one single source for, for everything. So Well, yeah, that's hard to maintain a history, but I right. guess if you need antibiotics, you're not going to wait a month. No, it. definitely not. And that's, and that's the thing is you've, when you're sick, you need to get treated now. Yeah. So people are going to go where they can get treated fastest. Absolutely. Well, if our listeners want to find out more about this topic, they can visit us at VegasInc.com where they can read the full story by Eli Siegel, who's our guest today. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio. We're part of Waking Up With The Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. Eli, you had another interesting story. You've been killing it, um, about consumer spending and particularly consumer spending here in the Las Vegas Valley. And uh, to sum it up simply, we're buying a lot, but we have among the worst credit and uh, financial smarts in the country. Yeah, pretty much. And and that's exactly right. People are spending a lot more, but uh, it's it's not really, I think there's a lot of concern that that's not a good thing. Um, Nevadans have some of the worst personal finances in the country. I mean, the stats are just kind of kind of overwhelming. I mean, the, Nevada has the highest foreclosure rate, the second highest mortgage delinquency rate, and the fourth highest credit card delinquency rate in the country. Uh, in Las Vegas specifically, uh, 
Vegas homeowners have the high, they have the highest percentage of underwater of people who are underwater, meaning that their their debt is worth more than their house is worth. And people in Las Vegas are tied for having the fourth the fourth worst consumer credit scores in the country. And then on top of that, you have a rising number of Las Vegans who are using you know pawn shops, cash checking, uh, check cashing stores rather, and other high interest lenders. Um, you know, credit card delinquency is is on the rise. I mean, it's just it's just kind of a laundry list of problems, and yet people are spending a lot more. Um, you know, we looked through some state data and, and saw some pretty pretty amazing figures, actually. Uh, you know, what we found was that in the month of January, just looking at that month alone, in Clark County, car and auto parts dealers, furniture and accessory stores, and electronics and appliance retailers brought in uh, about $409 million in, in sales that month. And that's, that's just Clark County. That's- right. That's just in Clark County for those types of stores. So these are not the kind of stores that tourists go to. These these are where locals are shopping. And and that figure, $409 million for the month of January, that's up 20% from January of last year and up 36% from January of 2009 when, when we were really in the thick of things in the recession, when, when things were really bad. So spending is really on the rise. And at the same time, nationally, consumer loan, consumer debt is, is climbing up and Normally, you'd think that this is good, but if people can't afford to buy all this stuff, then you know some of the people I talk to, some of the economists and, and uh, consumer counseling folks, they're really worried that this could spark another wave of, <laughs> of just financial mess. I mean, it's just it's it's they're they're really concerned. Now, you know, not to be glib about it, but what makes somebody who's underwater, who has credit card debt up the wazoo, you know, who is struggling financially to think that it's a good idea or okay even to go buy a car, a DVD player, a, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think people are spending more, uh, from what other people are telling me in my own observations, is that people are just confident that things are going to get better. You know, the, the economy is improving a little bit each month. Now, granted, the unemployment rate in Clark County is still very high. It's well above the national average, but it is, you know, slowly inching down. So you you see some improvement there. Uh, mass layoffs, which were just absolutely the trademark of the recession, ha- have basically stopped, and a lot of people basically feel that their jobs are safe, even though a lot of people out there their salaries are flat. They haven't had a raise in several years, and so it's really just confidence that you know what things have stabilized so that and so in their mind they think things are all okay and so a lot of people held off on big purchases cars furniture whatever over the last couple years and so what they're doing because their wages are flat they're dipping into their savings and they're swiping their credit card a lot more often to to make big purchases and so you're seeing uh, you know, anecdotally, you're seeing a, a lot of rise, uh, you know, a big rise in, uh, in in credit card usage and and people tapping into their savings. And that is a bad omen for a couple of years down the line or months down the line when the bills start coming in. If if you're not actually paying for it, that yeah. that could be serious. Absolutely, it, it could be. You know, there could be a reckoning of sorts. You know, not not to be you know doom and gloom about it all, but but there there could be for some people out there if they really can't afford this that they're going to start you know, bills are going to start piling up and they'll maybe they'll just make the monthly minimum, which is always a bad idea because then your balance just gets bigger and bigger and you owe larger interest on your credit card payments. And so it could have a real, uh, you know, a real spiral effect on some people. 
And perhaps to me, one of the more infuriating parts of the story was that, um, you know, I think we all know in, in our real estate market as it was that a lot of people are just in the in limbo of foreclosure or short sales. So essentially they're living for free in their homes and have been right. for months and months. And so the extra income that they're saving by not paying rent or a mortgage apparently is fueling a lot of these purchases. Yeah, I spoke with Michelle Johnson. She's the CEO of a Financial Guidance Center in Vegas, and and they help people. They they do kind of ba- like basic financial education and, and counseling, and they help people you know set up checking accounts and and, and stuff like that. And she said that with their clients, and she she's very concerned about all this because people have more credit card debt than in recent years. And like you said, because of bankruptcy and foreclosure processing delays, they've they've basically stopped paying their mortgages and are now diverting that money. What they would have spent on housing, they're now spending that on clothes, vacations, furniture, uh, instead stuff like that. And she's she's very worried about that because not only are these people, I mean, for one thing, they can't afford it, and so they're they're spending money that they really shouldn't be spending, and and they're creating very bad habits. And you know, she told me as she told me, she hoped that the recession would uh, teach people to be more careful, but she's not sure that that's going to hold true. And and you're right. I mean, there and there are a couple of reasons why people are able to, to live free for free because when you file for bankruptcy, you basically get automatic protection from your creditors. So any attempts to foreclose in your house get shelved. They are immediately kind of put in limbo and stalled. So you can not pay as much as you, as much as you don't want and, uh, and you're not going to get foreclosed on. Because because you're in bankruptcy court, and then on top of that, you have the robo signing law, which which kicked in about a year and a half ago, and that has forced banks to spend a lot more time in order to foreclose on a house. Foreclosure numbers are way down, even though a lot, even though our foreclosure rate's still very high. The total volume and the numbers of of homes that are getting foreclosed on are way down from a couple of years ago, and so because it's taking banks a lot longer to get the paperwork that they need to verify and prove that they can foreclose in the house. So in the meantime, when they're not until they do that, you have a lot of people who can live for free too. So it's it's creating kind of this this weird mess that you don't see in a lot of places. Leave it to Vegas. So <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully things will sort themselves out or people wisen up a little bit before we hit another major speed bump in in the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for Eli for joining us. No problem. Thank you. Eli Siegel is a business reporter for Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. You can follow his coverage at VegasInc.com and LasVegasSun.com. This is Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up With The Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV. Joining us now is reporter Ed Comenda. Welcome, Ed. Happy to be here. So, Ed, um, you cover the Strip and all its happenings and our gaming reporter. Um, you recently had a really good analysis story on MGM's new plan to build an outdoor plaza um, mm-hmm. pro- park shopping promenade uh, by New York, New York. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the plan. Okay, well, uh, MGM announced last week that it's going to funnel $100 million into this outdoor project along the strip between the Monte Carlo, or actually along the Monte Carlo and the... Uh, the uh, New York, New York. Um, it's an interesting idea because it pretty much smashed all of these Las Vegas uh, legends that casinos want to keep, you know, customers inside so they could possibly get lost and spend more money. So now they're putting them under the sunlight, essentially, and it, it raises a lot of questions to what are where are casinos looking to make their money? I mean, this is a huge project, 
and um, they're they're opening up a Shake Shack and they're redoing a beer garden and they're actually building a huge stadium behind the two casinos. So it's just a complete revamp of that entire area, which right now is just a cluttered sidewalk. Uh, there's really nothing special about it. And I think the most telling part of everything you just said was you never once said the word slot machine or table or game. Um, no gaming that we know of no. anywhere near this, right? No. Um, uh, Mr. Murren over at MGM has said uh, people these days, they want <laughs> they want to have options. They want to go see a show here. They want to go have a burger here. They want to drink that beer over there. The idea behind this is basically putting all of that in one area, and none of that business model is based on gambling. There might be gambling uh, in between um, casinos walking through or um, you know um, before you go on the into that park area, but the money isn't going to be made there. It's going to be made from shows and food and whatever they have to offer there. Um, it's very interesting. Well, and that's consistent with what we've seen in the last several years that, you know, gaming is not king anymore on the Strip. It's all about exactly what you said, shows, clubs, um, the ancillary spending. Yes. But that is, uh, we started this out, you said it, it smashes myths, and most people do. They, they say, oh, casinos don't have clocks, and they're dark, mm-hmm. and it's like a maze. Does, does this mean people don't like that? Um, well, there have been studies, uh, particularly at UNLV, there's a mathematician there, a brilliant guy by the name of Tony Lucas, who has done a study on navigability uh, on the slot floor, and he showed that player satisfaction is up when there is room to move, there's a clear path to where you want to go, and that translates to everywhere. Um, There was another study that showed um, riverboat revenues were um, the highest in areas uh, with the least seclusion, which basically means the areas where people are mingling together. That's where people make money. so it's it's definitely smashed some myths, uh, and, and there's studies behind the proof that um, people like to be around other people and um, like to be outside too. Well, and MGM isn't alone in doing this. Um, Caesars win. What are well, there's the Caesars the Link Project is a is another outdoor district that's uh, forthcoming. It has a 550 foot observation wheel. Don't call it a Ferris wheel. <laughs> I won't call it that. Uh, which is it's basically it's based outside, and the business model behind that again is to put people outside together with things that aren't gaming, um, food, uh, shows, things like this. And even with gaming, Wynn has his fancy pants. I've never been there because I'm not a high roller. But uh, Yeah, Wynn has a, a private gaming room on the 63rd floor, I believe, of uh, Encore. And there are floor-to-ceiling windows that let sunlight pour into the room, which it might not put you in touch with you know, real um, air or, or anything like this, but sunlight pours in, which is completely different than what you're used to on you know the bottom casino level of that of that resort so absolutely do you think this is going to be the trend going forward i mean or, or i think that the trend going forward um would be op- option based um as we've seen with hakasan that's a complete indoor ven- venue but it could be turned into four different venues under the same roof so it's it's pretty much um resorts are going to try to find ways to give customers options uh in a very short um, amount of space. So 
And the psychology behind that being we have a party of six. Everybody wants to do different things. Yeah, that, and I like to call it Twitter brain. Um, <laughs> I suffer from it too. I mean, uh, I'm checking email all day. I mean, I I know what I want to do pretty much when I do it, So, but, but it's like 10 things at once. So I, I definitely see where the business model comes from. Yeah, no, I guess it's yeah. it's pretty smart on the developers. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I think that we might see more of it, so... Great. Well, um, unfortunately, we're out of time, so we won't get to talk about the Golden Palm this week, but we'll have to leave our listeners in uh, waiting in anticipation, and we'll have to have you back next week to tell us about the developments at that uh, resort. Great. Well, thanks so much, Ed. You're welcome. Ed Comenda is a reporter for Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. You can follow all his coverage at VegasInc.com and LasVegasSun.com. I'm your host, Dylan Goldberg, business editor of Vegas Inc. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio. We're a part of Waking Up with the Sun, and we're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. Thanks to Steven Zeller, our producer, and the entire KUNV team. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your day. 